Are you ready to say goodbye to 2020 for good? Then do it in style with your pals at Mystery Titans Theater and the live New Year's Eve Spectacular. Join your hosts, Travis Waloshin, Johnny Hedgepeth, and the returning Kelly Nelson as we sit back and watch the exploits of such timeless entertainers as Bruce Monroe, Swede Hansen, and Barry O. Celebrate the turning of the clock from coast to coast as the fellows are joined throughout the night by Mystery Titans Theater favorites James Hamilton, Max Mitchell, Robert Hawkins, Zubin Sundar, Mark Stanley, Sean Whitaker, and new friends Robert Charlton and Brad McNeil, and many more. The fun starts here at Mystery Titans Theater HQ, Jarvis Washing Machine on YouTube. 10 p.m. Eastern Time and 7 Pacific, and we won't say goodnight until the new year has reached Vancouver. It's gonna be a party, so subscribe on YouTube for more updates, and let us know if there's a card you'd like to see on the Mystery Titans Theater New Year's Eve Live Spectacular. And boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> holidays and welcome to episode 61 of boom goes the dynamite the aew dynamite review show here on the pwom podcast network i'm jeffrey with me tonight is paul sebastian paul happy holidays my man jeffrey Woo! god dang rootin tootin limousine riding merry christmas son of a gun <laughs> All right, can check. What, what what do you got right now? Okay, so I'm very excited that you asked because I really want to talk about it. Uh, Wicked Grove Hard Cider, cinnamon variation. It's Ooh. a it, it's a nice, lightly sweet hard cider with just a hint of cinnamon, just enough that you know it's there. It's from Aldi. It's cheap, and I Ooh. could not recommend it Aldi enough. beers. You know what? Aldi beers are 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 very uh they're, they're very unsung, but they're they oh they yeah, with bro. I will blast some Wernsa Skurners. Like you already know. Um, me, I am uh, once again uh, not th- not that we're stealing the gimmick from uh, from Days of Thunder, but I am actually having the beer I had the last time I was on Days of Thunder. Uh, oh, the nice. Revol- well, you know the Revolution Brewing Fistmas. Uh, red all ale with ginger. Uh, uh, come from the theft of a different gimmick. So Days of Thunder should be honored, if you ask me. Well, you know uh, we're, we're, they are good friends. Uh, of the imitation show. is the, the greatest form of flattery, is it not? It is. You, you know what I got in my fridge, though? Tell me about it. I have. I don't know the name of it. Oh, well. <laughs> that's a start. I don't know the name of it, but I know the type. It is a Trader Joe's brand, which, you know, they, they have a similar lineage. The the founder yes. of Aldi founded Trader Joe's as well. Um, Trader Joe's, a uh, gingerbread uh, stout. 
Oh, now that is Christmassy right there. Now, now, you, I, now I, that's I, the spirit. You are in the season, I, and you're I, feeling jolly. I, I was going to maybe have that while I record this, but then I realized that if it's a stout, um, depending on how thick they brew it, um, gravity could collapse <laughs> in, into a, and I could become a singularity in my chair. So I decided, That's, you know yeah. what, for the purposes of this show, maybe I shouldn't do that. Yeah, I mean, only one of us can do that because I just, uh, uh, full disclosure, I took a monster dab before we started here. So I might already be there. <laughs> you might already be <laughs> collapsing into that other universe where... Yes, I am. I have entered the fourth, possibly even the fifth dimension, but I'm going to keep podcasting because I'm a professional. Uh, on that note, uh, it's time to put on your your, your Santa impact correspondent hat yes i have an impact uh santa hat on and much like uh many you know part-time mall santas i did not do my job um and uh i got drunk with the guys in elf costumes out behind the mall and i didn't watch impact this week i just forgot um i'm sure it was great i uh i was doing other shit well so. you know what that's fine because i have I, I have a couple things to say uh don Callis, pay your fucking artists because, yeah, that's I mean, because that's, you could say that to a lot of people, but you know, yeah, Oh Callis yeah, because yeah, that that, that Who didn't Don Callis pay this time. Well, he 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 tweeted out yesterday, um, saying, "Hey, who wants to draw something for fun?" No, <laughs> more, more like who wants to draw something for money that's going to end up on TV or some sort of merchandise. Yeah, what do they want? Like fan art submissions for a contest for a thing that they're going to actually use? Possibly. I I, I didn't. Th th that was literally all he wrote. Yeah, was. I mean, you know, Don, one of the reasons Don Callis is around and you know uh, featured prominently on your televisions in the year of our Lord two thousand and twenty, heading into the year of our Lord and Savior Jesus H Christ two thousand and twenty one, is because. He is pro wrestling, right? Like he's pure pro wrestling. He's all hustle. Uh, uh, he's all carny. Uh, he's an all timer of it. So this is, you know, very on brand for one Don Callis uh, uh, to go to the next generation of grifting fans, which is, you know, having them do labor for you online for quote unquote exposure. Yeah. And uh, well, speaking as somebody who is in a field that where a lot of this happens. Uh, yeah. Fuck that noise. Yeah, no, I, it's not good, and I think, yeah, it's pretty easy to just, like, go on Fiverr and find a wrestling fan and pay them, you know, yeah, or, or say, if we're going to do a fan art competition, uh, you know, we're, we're paying, you know, for a submission that we actually use, uh, you know, your, your prize is, you know, being paid for your labor. That's a fine prize. Yeah, it turns out that, you know, money is, you know, payment for, for yeah. labor is, you know, a good, uh, is a good, and like, you know, if there's itself. a wrestling fan out there that's willing to like work for tickets or like willing to like, you know, trade their product for, you know, something from the company, that's totally acceptable too, but compensate your artists. Yeah. And like, I'm totally cool with like, if you're a huge, you know, impact fan and you say, you know, give me a free year of impact zone and I'll draw you something. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, they, so that way, you know, bartering, you know, it, it, it's been around longer than money. It's the, you know, it's you the know. future of our economy after the collapse. So people better get used to it. Um, I personally have been hoarding gold, uh, for f multiple years now. Uh, so I'm good to go. <laughs> I have gold. I have a chest full of Iraqi dinar. Um, I have some vintage wrestling action figures, which will definitely, uh, uh hold their value. Um, I got those weird, like, plush Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan things that everyone used to play with on their trampolines when they were kids. Uh, they're in, you know, acceptable condition. Uh, I'll be just fine. 
Yeah, I'm sure the 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 market for wrestling tat will uh, go through the roof once we have the complete financial collapse and uh, you know descend into Mad Max like anarchy. Um, yes, uh, the, the autograph picture I have of Nick Gage is going to feed my family for six months. Yes, of course it will. So, did you watch Dark this week? Oh uh, no, because Dark is on today. I think. Really. I think dark is on today or yeah, something like that. They did a dark, they did a little dark switcheroo. Oh. Uh, they did, they did some shuffling because of this whole difference in schedule. I believe uh, I saw a couple of interesting matchups on there. Um, a couple of guys that aren't normally on AEW, So I might check some of that out and, you know, give it a little. Well, skin. I, know that, yeah, uh, I saw Danny Limelight against uh, Ray Phoenix yes. was a part of that. So I'm, I'm guessing Danny Limelight is probably not long to be on, you know, the 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 pre-taped six months ago, uh, NJPW strong anymore. Also true. So. so yeah, well, you know, you you do a whole thing on NJPW, but uh, you want to touch on the Moxley stuff real quick since it's related to this. Yeah, well, I, I I think at this point it's safe to say John Moxley will not be at Wrestle Kingdom 15 because they have adver- because they advertise him for next week on Dynamite, which is a which is a live show. Yeah, so it looks like no mocks despite uh, what the fans wanted and were hoping to see. Yeah, it, and the it, possible timing mix matching up because Mox hasn't been on TV in a couple of weeks. But uh, well, it, looks it, like he'll be back now. You think there's still a chance for New Year's Dash? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Well, there's a couple of things here, and you know, I'm, I'm we're gonna get to the I'm gonna get into this in much much more detail. Uh, when we record the next Strong Style story, because that is coming up because we have our fifth anniversary show for that one. But uh, long story short, uh, Kenta was was going to face Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson has a, a broken orbital bone. And so now... to he, break my orbital bone. So it's now against... So he's now against Satoshi Kojima. If they were going to reveal Moxley, the day to do that was yesterday at the final New Japan show. It does make sense if you're gonna if you're gonna market this now. Do you think he shows up at the end of this match? You still think that's a possibility? Uh, it's a possibility. I don't know. He's here. Here's the thing, too. The Japanese government yesterday, just yesterday, put a cap on any events that any events or venues that are ten thousand and above capacity at five thousand persons. Which right, okay. New Japan have already sold more than that per so you necessarily for each show. Need to go through the entire, you know, hassle of uh, getting John Moxley there uh, for a small crowd and something that isn't super financially viable. It's probably better to hold off on that. Is that what you think the line of uh, thinking is there? The line of th- yeah, I, I don't think at this point, unless now they did say that he he will make his first appearance since losing the title. It could be a pre-tape promo admittedly also yeah that's kind of what i was thinking too is they didn't say moxley live or moxley in ring or moxley in action they just said john moxley's on the show yeah so it, it is entirely possible and he's still quarantining and all that but you know for you know just over five thousand people because they've already sold over five thousand tickets per day so they're just gonna and so the ticket sales are just gonna end now mind you new japan hasn't said a blessed thing about this yet uh this is just came through you know this is through the 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 legit news media that where they were announcing this uh this cap legit news media sorry folks i wouldn't know anything about that uh but um 
Yeah, I, I don't see it being... If Mox was not already there and quarantining, I, I don't see this as being financially viable. Right. For, right. To, to fly sense. him over for an unannounced match at this point. So, folks, more on that if you uh, check out Jeff's other great project, Strong Style Story. There's a little cross-promotion for you. But this, this right here, is an AEW Dynamite podcast. So, Jeff, what do we do now? Well, with that... We go pre-taped to Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida for episode 61 of AEW Dynamite, the holiday bash episode with your hosts, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. Uh, We go right in to our first match of the evening, Chris Jericho and Maxwell Jacob Friedman against Top Flight. Um, Yeah, Top now, the first thing I noticed, of course, that there was no Wardlow because, of course, this was taped last week and Wardlow wasn't able to, to make the show last week. Yeah, Wardlow had some stuff going on with his family or some sort of in prior engagements or he was isolating or something. Or something. Um, but, you know, the match, you know, we have to kind of look at the culture at large here and, and what unfolded. So to to first kind of reiterate why we're here a day late, uh, AW Dynamite didn't start until a little after 10 p.m. Eastern time last night because it was preempted uh, by the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics game. Which was uh, a really so, had a really fantastic ending. By very the way. fun game. I watched uh, the back half of it for the most part and really enjoyed it. I uh, was a little worried it was going to go into overtime and I was going to have to be up even later, uh, but it did not. Uh, it, it ended, and so uh, having the NBA as your lead, and you got a lot of new eyes on you, right? You have a lot of new people watching. A lot of NBA fans, a lot of younger fans are going to be watching this. People who haven't seen your show and have no idea what AEW is. Uh, so putting Top Flight out there, great idea in my estimation. I think this is a team you want to put out there if you have an NBA lead in on uh, a younger fans, cause you've got a 20 year old and a 19 year old uh, who are like two of the most exciting athletes uh, uh, in pro wrestling, maybe in the world. And one of the tag teams that everyone should have their eyes on as like future absolute megastars in this business. I, I in my estimation, um, there was a mistake made here on the other side. You have a 50 year old, extremely out of shape looking Chris Jericho. Um, and that's all anyone talked about, Jeff. <laughs> I don't know if you've uh, seen NBA Twitter today. No, I have not actually. I haven't oh, looked at man. Twitter at all today. Well, let's uh, let's let's talk about Chris Jericho uh, uh, for a oh, second. Oh, oh, like to... get, get guest singer for Steel Panther, Chris Jericho. We're gonna talk about Steel Panther guest singer. Uh, let's let's talk about a couple of uh, of. I'm gonna read some tweets that came out at the beginning of of Dynamite during this match. Uh, Bro, what is Chris Jericho doing on this bootleg AEW wrestling league, and why wrestlers' bodies fall off so bad? Um, Oof. Chris Jericho fat as hell. Chris Jericho is fat. Good vibes only. Chris Jericho looks awful. Jesus Christ. Chris Jericho looks fucking awful. LMAO, uh, bro. Chris Jericho need to get out the ring. LOL. Dude lost it. Chris Jericho is still wrestling. He ought to be shame. And what the fuck is AEW? Uh, is Chris Jericho's new persona supposed to be Brett Michaels? <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, Yo, Chris Jericho done got fat. This AEW shit funny as hell. Uh, I can't believe Chris Jericho is still wrestling. He's built like Ms. Trunchbull. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> Something a lot of us know. NBA Twitter is um, a pretty savage place. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a place 
where athletes get roasted all the time. Some of the best athletes in the world get roasted mercilessly uh, by NBA Twitter. So Chris Jericho, obviously going to be a target uh, hey, there. If hang, hang, on, on, hang on a second. I have to, uh, I have to look this up. I can't remember when it happened, but we are coming up on a blessed anniversary from one of the greatest moments of NBA Twitter. Oh, are we? Oh, oh, yes. Okay, it was. Uh, okay, we are coming up on the sixth anniversary of one of the greatest moments in NBA Twitter uh, when uh, at Snotty Drippin got into Great. it. Got into it with somebody on Twitter about Kobe Bryant, and it led to a a uh, a challenge for a fist fight. Where Snotty Drippin said, "Okay, meet me in Temecula," and okay. the, of course, Snotty Drippin had no intention of going to Temecula. He was like visiting family in Phoenix, I think. And, and and the dude actually drove to, to to Temecula. Oh, that's good. Okay, that is really good. That, Fantastic. That, that, so I, I I was home alone on Christmas. But this is the kind of place that we're talking yeah. on. This is the section of Twitter we're talking about. It's it, it's a place where you know there's no mercy shown. And if you're gonna track a 50 year old Chris Jericho out as your lead in to these new fans. Um, when Chris Jericho's in the current, you know, we talk about Chris Jericho's frequent physical fluctuations on this podcast. Uh, sometimes he looks great for his age. Sometimes he's really engaged and looks like he's really in shape. Sometimes it looks like he's been drinking vodka all week. And this is one of those times, Jeff. Uh, my man was bloated as hell. He was a step off. And like, how are you going to get what you want to get out of a team like Top Flight in this spot if that's who you're putting across from them? Um, I think it's a big mistake on AEW's part. Chris Jericho is the guy that's gonna that got you to the dance, and signing Chris Jericho and putting him uh, up as the face of AEW for the first six months to a year this thing was around was a good idea, and it was a way to get the buy-in from wrestling fans that this is gonna be legit. But we've moved past that now. You AEW has established a base, right? They get about a million viewers a week, you know, give or take. Uh, they have their base. Now, the NBA is a tremendous opportunity for them uh, to get new eyes and get new fans. Uh, you have to execute uh, in, in this case, and you have to put the fresh faces out there when you get fresh eyes on your product. Agree? Yeah, I, I agree. And I have to admit, I wasn't even thinking about that the the, the whole way. I I really was not thinking of 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 the NBA lead in. And although although I did notice, you know, from time to time they did mention the the AEW, uh, you know, coming up next, you know. So they did yeah. mention that. The only real note I had from this match is how how good Top Flight really is because Top They're Flight They're so is, good. They were fantastic. But this is like the thing that really gets me about all this is today, like last night and today, what everyone on NBA Twitter should be saying is like, yo, did you guys see that those top flight guys last night after NBA? That shit was sick. Those guys are crazy. Those dudes are really good. Oh, my God. These guys can wrestle. What is the deal with this AEW? Do they put these kind of guys on there? Is this like better than WWE? Instead, the first thing they see is fat Chris Jericho and they go, oh, this is just bootleg WWE. Fuck this shit. And this is their fault. Like they deserve this. And I hope they learn from it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the first time they've ever really had to deal with it, too. Honestly, yeah, and you know, it's it, and this is a good and like you know, people. I think there's some unfair criticism. Uh, you know, that skews that way too, where people are like, "Well, this is why they'll never get past their base." Blah blah blah. Remember, this is a show that's been only on for like a little bit over a year, versus you know, a a media giant that's been around for four decades. So obviously, they have some catching up to do, and it's a years long process. But you know. If you really want to be what you said you were setting out to be and differentiate yourself, 
you got to follow through with that. Like if you want to be different than WWE, but the first thing a new fan they see is Chris Jericho. And the first thing they hear is Jim Ross. What are they supposed to think? Or, or Tony Schiavone for that matter. Or Tony Schiavone for that matter. What is that fan supposed to think? No, 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 no. That, that You know what? I, I actually did not even vaguely think about this and you were a hundred percent right. It's what I do. It's what yeah. I do, Jeff. Well, good. <laughs> glad, glad one of us was on the ball. Honestly, I, I, I'm just going to give you a spoiler for the rest of the show. This show did not connect with me that, nor that did well. It, nor did it, to be honest. And it might have been because I got a little too uh, waxed off those vape pens last night. Um, it may be because I was just, it was late. I was getting a little bit, asleep, bit sleepy and I ate yep. a bunch of cookies. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things that could have been. But yeah, uh, let, let's go match by match real quick, and, okay. and let's, let's so, talk. This is going to be more about the state of Dynamite than it's going to be about this this individual right. show. So, you know, post match, you know, of course, MJF gets the win on uh, on top flight, um, and then we have, and, and this is what what capped this match for me. It was like, wait a minute, when Jake Hager is giving the post match promo. Yeah, that was a little bit weird. Real quick update for what's going on outside my window really quick. Um, <laughs> it appears – no, this is kind of interesting. It appears that the police and an ambulance had to show up to help somebody that was stuck um, on their on a, on a bicycle they fell off of. Um, oh, just dear. At the corner. They just, like, fell off their bike, and then a couple cops showed up and, like, picked the person up, and now they're like, okay, it's cool. And they're just walking the bike off. <laughs> I don't know why what, why what, what was so tough about that. It was oh, really, it was wow. really weird. That's all happened in the time we've been recording this podcast. It was very strange. Okay, anyways, Good Jake Hager. So yeah, Jake Hager uh, talks shit about Wardlow. So they've set up a match for next week. Uh, Jake Hager versus Wardlow. Uh, okay. Which you know, Haas fights, and we like them. Uh, Jake Hager sucks ass. Uh, but you know, yeah, big Jake, meat and slapping meat is something that yeah, I will watch on my television. Yeah, Jake Hager is going to get blown up in two minutes. So we absolutely we, we already know. Uh, we th- now if. If NBA Twitter was seeing Chris Jericho and roasting it, I can't imagine what they were thinking about the music video from the acclaimed because. Well, here's the problem. These people all turned it off after the fucking Jericho stuff. So they're not ever going to know. They didn't. There was no engagement about the stuff that happened after Chris Jericho because everybody turned it off. And that's where your biggest failure was. If you want to open a lead in show, put fucking Death Triangle on there. Give me the Lucha Brothers. Put direct. You have. The son of a TV star who looks like a movie star and a literal dinosaur. Put them on the opening of your show. Do something to keep people hooked. It's just this is not the spot for Chris Jericho anymore. There are places for Chris Jericho, but there's definitely no place for Chris Jericho in the shape that he was in last night. Right. So anyway, yeah, the acclaimed music video. Yeah, not good. Spitting bars. They were they were spitting bars, you know, dropping mad knowledge. No, you know what? I I I, I, the vibe I get. (laughs) I think it was like an SNL sketch maybe about like the old school hip hop show where it was like a, a bunch of like old men doing like old school rapidity rap. Right. It was, that's, you know, and, was, and that's the thing, you know, I, I was going to say this for when we talked about the main event, but you know what, that's the thing about the acclaims rap gimmick is that the cadence of it all and, 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 and the beats behind it, it is like, 90s parody of of hip hop yeah. is what this My name's sounds Max like. Kester and I'm here to say right. I'll beat the young bucks in an aggressive way. Yeah, exactly. That 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 sort of shit. It, it just <laughs> Oh Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, hip, anyway, hibbity hop. I'm here to wrestle you. Hip hop, we don't stop. Stip stop wibbity doo. Got bars, uh, kid. Yeah. I mean, at least you know speed it up and be like, you know, DOS FX or something. 
I wanted them all. No, you. you DOS effects because DOS, DOS effects ruled. By the way, you can only rap on AEW if you can say as many words in one minute as Twista. Otherwise, you're not oh allowed to God. rap. Anymore. Twista. That's right, Twista. Do, do, I, that's deep, do, do you remember? Do you remember Foo Schnickens or the guy who could rap backwards? No, but that sounds. They, like they even did like a. They even did about a, it many blunts. They even did a uh, a video with Shaq once. Oh wow. Yeah, look him up. What about uh, what about the best rap song of all time? Aaron Carter's "How I Beat Shaq." I've never heard this song. Really, you never heard? So Nick Carter's little brother, Aaron Carter, was a rapper. <laughs> God. <laughs> and he has a song about how he beat Shaq. It's called "How I Beat Shaq." Well, yeah, well, yeah. It's gonna be, it's Will, gonna Will, Will Smith. It's gonna be what Cody Rhodes walks out to. Will, Will, Will Smith thought he could beat Mike Tyson too. So. <laughs> you know what? I mean, if he's in the shape that he was, like for recording Ali, who's to say? <laughs> uh during the break we get uh, a, a snippet of uh aew talents reenacting a christmas story which cringe move on yeah i don't know I, the, the, the mjf one with him in the pink bunny suit <laughs> what, what kind MJF's of am- entire bit for every single thing he did was i'm jewish why am i doing this You're right exactly <laughs> which was kind of amusing but yeah, the first time, but literally every bump. It was just like, I'm Jewish. Hey, guys, I'm Jewish. Hey, guys, I'm Jewish. Hey, guys, I'm Jewish. I'm not yeah. doing this. Uh, we then get, we come back, we get uh, Tony Schiavone in an in-ring interview with the man they call Sting. The and... man they call Steve Borden. That, this, was not, this was not Sting in the ring. This was Steve Borden. Yeah, and again, this didn't really connect with me until Taz showed up. Yeah, so this is another... Uh, thing about the state of AEW I want to complain about uh, today. Sting needs to shut the fuck up and be spooky. Um, I know we talked about like humanized Sting and like the charm of it, and that's fine in like small doses or if you do it one time, but you can't just have this guy out there with a mic prattling on like he's doing one of those live shows at StarCast. You know what I mean? Like it's not compelling wrestling product. It's just another old timer reminiscing like he's got Conrad Thompson in the room with him. And, and right. that's not what we pay to fucking see Sting in the face paint for. If you want to go be Steve Borden, go be Steve Borden on a podcast. Don't do it in the middle of the ring. Okay, yeah, and and and, and I'm with you on that. Uh, again, the the bit didn't even really pick up until Taz and Ricky Starks. Taz showed up. We had a sixty-something-year-old Sting doing a fucking Dusty Rhodes impression in the middle of the ring in 2020. Come on, man. Yeah, for for trying to grab that new audience, it. <laughs> It really wasn't. Like, do you think working. a bunch of Zoomer basketball fans want to see a sixty-year-old man in the crow face paint being like "funky like a monkey"? If you will, stop it. Like it's just—it's one of those things where they're giving some of these guys a little too much freedom, and they need to really tighten the reins on the storytelling with some of these things. And you know, I think it's uh, um, indicative of a lot of things that are happening on AEW right now. Narratively, a lot of stuff is treading water or feels like it is at the very least. And I think they don't necessarily know what to do with Sting. I don't think they have like a coherent enough plan or it doesn't feel like it to me. Right. It's like, as if they, 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 they had a chance. Oh, Hey, Sting's available. Okay. Now what? Yeah. But like he make him go be spooky in the rafters. Like why is Darby Allen, the guy doing this? Like, yeah, if I, you want to have Sting, like, they should have given us, like, a month of Sting just kind of, like, being around. Like, you could have milked this thing out. Like, for, and this is a multi-year contract. You have Sting for a long time. I don't see why they need, they feel the need to do it this way. They could very easily have Sting, like, ominously watching over Team Taz matches for, like, a month or two. And then have him get to Darby by the summertime. 
and still have like a lot a lot of momentum here. And it just seems like they want to blow their whole wad on this one thing. Like Darby's there, Sting's there, Team Taz is there, Cody's there too sometimes. Like, what are we doing here? It's just very uh, uh, jumbled and doesn't, you know, make a whole lot of sense narratively. Yeah, it, it seems like the, the it's all leading to this Brian Cage versus Darby Allen TNT title match. And, like, that's such an easy match to book without all this other stuff peripherally. Like, you don't need to do any of this, and you can, you know, parse this stuff out. And it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm a, it kind of makes me worried about kind of what they're doing on Dynamite as a whole because a lot of stuff, storyline and narrative-wise, that is going on right now is just not firing on all cylinders. And, and it really, it's a much more glaring difference when John Moxley isn't there with a belt every week to carry it. And furthermore, when is... Darby Allen ever actually going to have a TNT title match because I thought the whole point of this was to be a TV title, which should be defended on TV once a week. You'd think so. And you'd think that, and there's a lot of interesting matches to make with him. Um, you know, I was talking in a group DM I'm in, uh, could you imagine just like Darby Allen versus David Arquette for the TNT title for like 10 minutes? <laughs> you laugh, but have you seen David no, no, Arquette no. wrestling the last three years? He's it, fucking good. It'll be, uh, the only the only one I ever saw was the clips of him and Nick Gage, which okay, uh, that one was ooh. a little. Brutal. No, ooh. I saw him get his absolute ass kicked by Tim Thatcher last year in New York, and it was one of the 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 really highlight matches of the weekend. I, I, I still need seller. to see. I still need to see that uh, that documentary. Yeah, I still haven't watched it either. We definitely got to check that out. I would well, yeah, it. well, our our friends at Days of Thunder actually reviewed it on their show. Oh, did they? Yes, they did. Wonderful. I, I that's one I really want to see. I've I've heard really good things, and yeah, I think David Arquette's great. I'm a fan. Uh, moving on, we get uh, MJF intruding in on uh, Santana Ortiz playing cards, and we get uh, a weird tender moment promo here. Um, yeah, they had like the MJF do the soap opera face afterwards, so you don't know his intentions. Yeah. But, but Which, I, you know, MJF is, you know, to be fair, like one of the better actors on the roster. He is. I, I have to admit, he is. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I I'm not sure what what the whole point of this was, other than you know maybe just more extended inner circle intrigue. Which is yeah, that's that that is you you nailed it. That is the point of this for sure. Uh, we finally get our second match of the evening: a uh, six man tag match: Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Marco Stun against Colt Cabana and numbers five and ten of the Dark Order. Uh, this was actually a pretty fun match. Oh, I mean, anytime that uh, Jurassic Express is in the ring, you're going to have a nice time. They're a lot of fun to watch. They're electric. They bring a really cool, unique energy to the show. That honestly could have been great opening up AEW Dynamite. What if it was Jurassic Express against Top Flight? Tell me people wouldn't have really been into that. They'd been that like, Yo, been, what's this dinosaur doing fighting these awesome these awesome young guys? You got a dinosaur and a guy who looks like Luke Perry. What's going on here? Yeah, like, that, that, that would have worked better, I think, yeah. I couldn't – you know what my my thought was? If you really want to, like, show people, hey, we're, we're AEW, this is what we're all about, they should have just had the fucking Lucha Brothers, Jurassic Express, FTR, and Top Flight in, like, a tornado tag. Tell me that wouldn't have got people excited. That would have been fun. There's a lot you could have done here, and I just, yeah, I'm still I mean, mad. And, and we've I'm all, not trying to shit on Chris Jericho, like, individually too much, but it was just a failure on everybody's part to not recognize, like, what you were going to get yourself into here, like, what a mistake it was to, like, use one of your old-timers in this spot and not, like, fresh faces. Uh, we then go to a – oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, the uh, the post-match was interrupted by FTR. Yeah. Uh, also, I do Boy think it's weird that, um, number five. 
Right. I also think it's kind of a miss to consistently refer to Allen Angels and Preston Vance as just five and ten. I think that they should use their names more often because eventually Dark Order isn't going to be a thing anymore. And these guys have to have identities. The, the point of using these stables is to raise the profiles of each individual in it so that they can, you know, do bigger things. You know, eventually when this when you know the narratives move on. Um, and I think you're kind of hamstringing some really talented guys by that. Uh, just a nitpick, but something I think about. Indeed. Um, we then go to a hotel, uh, lobby promo with, uh, Kenny Omega and Don Callis and the best Alex part about Marvez. This promo was Kenny Omega's jacket. Kenny Omega's jacket was something else. I, I thought will, it was cool as I'm shit. actually going to say, you know what? I actually thought that was a good promo from Kenny Omega. Yeah, it was one of the, I mean, I think it, probably it, it, some it, of the stronger outings since he's got the belt. Yeah. Him running down Phoenix, including referencing, you know, the 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 triple a match yes and you know you know getting his facts wrong about you know phoenix in the in the uh in the eliminator tournament but you know oh they're called alternative facts jeff so oh, I oh i'm sorry yes I, my, my bad you guys remember alternative facts from like 10 years ago right. indeed and uh once again just a reminder uh don Callis, pay your goddamn artists if you're going to solicit yeah. them did you know that kenny omega is the champion of nambia it's the capital of Kofifi. Oh, boy. Oh. Oh. They're playing the hits today, baby. Fire up that Bill Maher music. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Our third match of the evening, uh, Pac versus Ooh, Andy. Don Callis, pay your artists. Okay, go ahead. Pac. <laughs> <laughs> Pac versus uh, Andy Williams, the butcher. Uh, Woo! Is this, my this, was, this. this was good. This was the best wrestling of the night to me. This was the best match on the show. Yeah, um, we got the Black Arrow, and that's what more we did you get need? the Black Arrow. I got very excited. I DM'd you because I was excited. There was a lot of capital letters involved. Um, <laughs> yeah, though no, this was a lot of fun. Uh, we got to mention once again, uh, Andy Williams gets a big spot, steps up, and absolutely knocks it out of the park. This guy just cannot miss. Now, He's see, on fire. Now, see real. how much crossover could you get with metal fans? I think you could get quite a bit with all, you, with all, you know, every time, you know, get, get every time I die. Uh, well, I mean, look involved. how popular and how successful Tid the season is every year. Right. So like they've already done this on the independent scale and definitely shown that crossover. And it's definitely there. Like, yeah, if you could get every time I die's music involved um, on the show, somehow they have a new album coming out. Um, you know, there's a lot you could do there. Keith Buckley's on Twitch. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of places to reach out and to cross over there. And people like Andy and like, he's, he's popular, very popular on the East coast. He's well liked, uh, by all accounts, a very sweet man. Um, and just an absolutely fucking, uh, natural hit pro wrestling, man. He hasn't been doing it that long. He's only been doing it, what? Five, six years, maybe. Yeah. Um, and every time he gets a big spot, he just steps the fuck up, man. Like wrestling Pac is a big deal. Pac is one of the best wrestlers on the planet, and he looked every bit a worthy opponent. Uh, of course, we also had Eddie Kingsley on commentary during this match, yeah, we, which was and was and we had a run in from Lance Archer. So, yeah, a lot happened there. Yeah, uh, Eddie Kingston was very fun on commentary, especially mean to Shivani. Had a few laughs there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, more more Kingston on our televisions and more Butcher and Blade, man. Uh, keep giving Andy spots. Uh, we then go to a promo from Jade Cargill. 
could you call it a promo? It's funny. My girlfriend. I don't even know. I don't even know watch, what that was. Like, the only wrestling my girlfriend consumes is like if she's watching Dynamite with me, pretty much, and uh, uh, has commented multiple times about what a terrible actor Jade Cargill is. Yeah, that 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 yeah that that did not. Yeah, that was uh, yet another thing that did not connect with me. No. Um, and, yeah, this whole her versus Brandy is like, oh, I'm calling you, Brandy. I know you can't wrestle, so Brandy, I'm calling you out. Like, it just wasn't very coherent. And, uh, yeah, I think if they're going to find a spot for Jade Cargo, they should have just scrapped this thing all together. I guess the idea is to get a surrogate opponent picked by Brandy and just do it that way. Um, but I think we're all better off uh, once this new show fucking uh, premieres and we can stop all this cross-promotion. Uh, indeed. Um, we then get a, 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 a promo that went way too long with Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford, and Miro. God, I yeah, fucking I, I didn't hate think this. Best Friends oh. music thing was fun. Uh, yeah, that I mean, was, that, that was one, funny, and then they they cut to the you know Trent Beretta being loaded into an ambulance. But Jesus Christ, this the this, this feud and this angle just uh, it's just really in, glaring. Like the difference in Miro when he's on his own versus when he's got with Kip Sabian and Penelope, and just like how clearly better he is as just a solo act. Yeah, which is uh, where he should have been. I mean, they, like Kip, this Kip Sabian stuff is genuinely holding Miro back. Um, so I hope that the wedding is like where we get a blow off for this, and Miro gets to go on his own. We'll see. The one thing we have to look forward to is a wrestling wedding on February sixth. Uh, at the newly announced wait, is it the uh, beach sixth? break. Wait, is it the sixth or the? F- I thought I heard the third. I thought it was the uh, which one's a wait. One only one of them's a Wednesday. Well, so. hold on. Well, let, let, let me check. <laughs> only one of them uh, is a Wednesday. Uh, it, it would be the third. You are right. Okay, I, I thought I heard them say the third. Okay, well, you know, dates are. It's all relative, man. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, t- t- time lost all meaning. Yeah, uh, well, you know, that's just like your opinion, man. Yeah. <laughs> time is an opinion. Just, yeah, you just just because you say it's Wednesday, dude, like you don't fucking tell me what to do. <laughs> you don't tell me what day it is. I mean, is like, it give really me, like, Wednesday? Days of, like, man? Chris Jericho diet, and I'll forget what day it is for the rest of my life. Goodness, I, I thought you were already halfway there. I mean, there. Look, man, I can put a couple of back uh, here and there, but uh, I'm assuming my ta- my tolerance is nowhere near Jericho's high functioning alcoholism levels. Ooh, lordy. Uh, we then get our fourth match of the evening: Dustin Rhodes versus Eva Luna. Um, I-, I love the fact that Tony Schiavone felt the need to explain the whole seven thing. They yeah, they really explained the seven thing. I don't think it was necessary. Keeping it cryptic and just nodding to it would have been more fun. But yeah, they felt the need to explain the whole seven thing, whatever. Um, here's my thing. And, and, and somehow managed to do it without naming WCW. Yeah, I also did that. Very true. Um, so here's the thing. The the match happens. It's fine. Evil Uno's pretty good. Dustin's still great for his age. Uh, Dustin wins, and then Evil Uno is like still like, hey, bro, join Dark Order, and then Dustin kicks his ass again. What's the point of any of this? What's the purpose? Yeah. What what story are you telling? What narrative are you advancing? What are you doing here? And why is this the better choice than to just have Dark Order stomp Dustin out? Yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean, what, what they yeah, just have had Dark Order just beat the ever-loving shit out of them and be like, join us? Like, isn't that the whole point of this thing? Like, again, and again, I think, you know, Brody's absence, what they've done with Dark Order since then has been inconsistent at best and just absolutely nonsense at worst. Um, 
but they really have Dark Order treading water when there was a lot of opportunity to do things with them while Brody's been out. I think maybe so. All I know is like the the payoff better be good. Like when Brody comes back, they better have something really, really good in the chamber for why they've held off this long and why they haven't done anything with them. This could have been a great way to fill that gap in is uh, having them attacking, you know, Dustin, especially, and, you know, keep this going for a while. I just don't see what purpose this serves. And like Dustin is most compelling when he's in the face of adversity. That's where Dustin has always been you know, uh, the, his best character, especially in this role as, you know, the natural in you know, a, a more advanced stage of his career. So this doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. They, they really are spinning their wheels on this too. And, mm-hmm. and where the hell has Anna, Anna J been Anna J and, and Ty Conti. She's been in and out of the show. Like she's sometimes on TV with them. Sometimes she's not, I don't really know. Uh, there was, there already was a women's segment that involved, you know, multiple women on the show. So they just, you know, obviously they filled their quota, Set Anna J hang out in the back. You know, they filled their AEW one women segment a show quota, so it's fine. Now, I I will point out that we are at the one year anniversary of the Dark Order angle that didn't really go off as well as they thought it would. Um, No, and it's been been a a journey for Dark Order. There's been peaks, there's been valleys. Now, Uh, you know, have the tools there to make this really successful, and they are. Like it feels like intentionally holding some of them yep. back. Now, mind you, I, I I will restate. Chris and I, for the record, did like that angle, but it clearly did not succeed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought there was potential there right from the start, but they didn't. Yeah, they didn't nail it first. The addition of Brody was great. Brody, once Brody found his footing, uh, was a very strong leader for them, and a lot of the stuff they did leading up to Brody's AEW uh, TNT Championship. Uh, was very good, and uh, his first couple weeks as champion, also very good. Yeah. There's a lot here. They just have to be willing to be more bold, and I feel like they're just... AEW storytelling has been way too conservative, uh, despite what happens you know, later on in the night. Uh, sorry, my, if you hear that in the background, my dogs are freaking the fuck out about something. So. Yeah, I do and, that. And, and, as dogs are wont to do. And, and as they just, are wont to do. As, and I just dropped my mic again. Jesus. Nice. You know what? This is... Yeah, you can tell that I'm already in holiday mode, and I just don't care. <laughs> Deck the halls with microphones I dropped. Follow la 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 la. la <laughs> oh no, la. you heard. The, oh no, you heard the theme then, didn't you? <laughs> no, I didn't. But I hope. Uh, the, I, I don't know. I, Man, I got that right. The, the, the Mannheim steamroller. <laughs> oh yeah, nice, nice, nice. I had to do that. Uh, we then go backstage with Tony Schiavone interviewing Sean Spears, and it's a shoot, brother. <laughs> It's uh well, well, <laughs> no, he, yeah, it's a work shoot style interview. And honestly, most compelling I've seen Sean Spears all year. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was still ultimately pointless, but yeah, I mean, it, I, I thought it was well written though. Yeah. Oh yeah. I have thought about it. I have thought about, you know, the problem being me and no, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? That's great heel work. And you know, I like this attitude. Here's the thing about Sean Spears. He's not untalented. Like Sean Spears is a good wrestler uh, he, he's intense. He cuts a good promo, uh, by all accounts, he's a very good teacher and like a good player coach type guy to have in your locker room too. So I understand him needing to be there, but yeah, you got to just give him this like, uh, uh, attitude, this edge, let him be mean and pissed off and like be a heel in a lot of like mid card matches. And I think you can find some good stuff out of him. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. Again, the, the segment didn't really connect with me. Like, yeah, like I mean, mo- it's like, like it's a mid Carter being a heel, and you know, whatever. Yeah, like like most things, most things on this show, it didn't really connect with me. So, nah, fair. And uh, you know, when you're, and that's you know, that can be the thing about a show is if stuff isn't going well, even the stuff that is good, it might color your view of it for the duration. And that's what's so important about starting off strong. And one thing that we've talked about AEW being really good at is like they build a lot of goodwill up in their opening segments. So even if they have stuff that doesn't land later in the show, they've already had a bunch of good shit happen so like you can let it slide to a degree but when they open up with the subpar chris jericho effort and then the whole show is kind of rocky and inconsistent it really is glaring right and but one thing that did connect with me however was this next segment which was hikaru shida trying to give a backstage interview and abaddon mm-hmm. attacks which leads right into our fifth match of the evening. Uh, Hikaru Shida in a non-titled match against Alex Gracia. And, yeah, great, uh, great to see Alex Gracia getting some run on Wednesday night. So Alex Gracia, a very talented young wrestler, who uh, someone to look out for in the coming years. Yeah, and of course, Abaddon was a major part of this match, too. I love the poking with the stick spot. It was so good. Yeah, that was something. That was the best part. I mean, yeah, the match was the match. Uh, Sheeta gets the win, obviously. Um, and uh, then Abaddon is, like, sort of in the corner. She's not moving. And Sheeta's like, what's this doing? And she's doing, like, the, you know, the poking with a stick, do something meme. Like, eh, we, yeah. Yeah. You know, and she's just poking Abaddon with the fucking kendo stick. And Abaddon just springs to life like a zombie. Ah! But yeah, that was uh yeah, that 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 was a good segment. And then the segment we have to say finished with Abaddon literally biting Sheeta's neck and there being like blood and stuff, like she got a fucking straight up zombie bite. Oh no, she's going to be infected now. Well, so and here's another I have to complain about this. Jay fucking R. And and the other commentators too, but JR no selling this really was a problem for me. Yeah. Like, if you are going to do a segment that is going to uh, uh, do something that's outside of normal reality. If you're going to do something with a supernatural bent or with a horror bent or with something that's that, that requires suspension of disbelief of your audience, everybody has to sell it from the performers to the referees to the people at ringside to the commentators. And if your commentators aren't selling this thing, then all it looks like is a dumb, cheap stunt. Right. Well, I, and, and JR and get, did not sell this thing at all. And it yeah. was bad. It was a bad idea. And like, you have to make sure you tell your commentators if we're doing something like this, they have to buy in. Right. And like JR like wants to go criticize people doing stuff outside of the ring and, you know, uh, wants to make his criticisms on what he thinks the product should be. But you got to do your fucking job first, dude. And he did not do it in this spot. But okay. then again, it's JR and women's wrestling. He never does his fucking job. What do we expect? Yeah. But then again, you know, The Undertaker, he would have, you know, given 110% yeah. Yeah, for that Yeah, The Undertaker's shit. out there and he's like, uh, yeah, we they fucking literally crucified a guy and Jim, and Jim Ross is going nuts for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So all we need is for them to be like, ah, is she okay? We need to get medical attention or something. That's it. It's not that hard. They yeah. were just like, well, she'd have got bit. Looks like we'll be right back. Yeah. What? What the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, you're getting you're getting high pitched here. I you know what? They, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. I'm getting high pitched about this. No, I, just, uh, no, I it's just it it's an, it's infuriating to me that like you consider yourself like the top 
of the business and like you can bring all this stuff and that you criticize this product publicly, but then don't fulfill your end of the bargain. Well, gee, I, I would call that bloody fucking typical, to be honest. Well, that's why I'm complaining about it, because it just keeps happening, Jeff. And, and again, the where where you could have had something really interesting and really cool here just got stepped on by bad commentary. And, you know, people are watching this on television. You're not doing this for a live crowd anymore. You, this is a TV show. You barely have anyone in the stands. This is a TV show. The commentators have to be bought in. No, I, no, I agree with you. I think, yeah, if you're going to present the product as it is, you need to, they need to be in on like, it. Like, I can imagine Vita Scott would have done that a little bit differently. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably yeah. right. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, I mean, it, 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 it's clear Jim Ross cannot call women's wrestling. Yeah, no, he has an open disdain for certain types of wrestling, and you can't be the head commentator of a variety program in 2021 going into uh, with that kind of mindset. No, I agree. I mean, it was obvious, and I mean, it was obvious, you know, when he was calling junior heavyweight matches in New Japan because he just got, I don't know if he was disinterested, but he just got lost. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Was, that's absolutely true. And this and this isn't even an example of that. It's just him not giving a shit. Right, like, it's yeah. It's just him openly being like, well, this is goofy, so I'm not going to sell it. Right. And, like, I it's mean, not up to you, Jim. It's not your fucking choice. Right, well, it's, it's a, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with him, you know, confusing, you know, evil and bushy, even though they look nothing alike, you know? Yeah, and this is the problem with, like, commentators that, like, think they have enough clout to just, like, go off the reservation. Uh, it shouldn't never be that way like you're a part of this show you have to serve the narratives uh that are being put in front of you and it's your job to make them as effective as they can be for a television audience um and uh, you know he didn't do that shivani didn't do that and excalibur didn't do that they're all to blame no I, i'm with you i i think if it was if it was you know non-women's talent involved they would have given more of an effort you're probably right about that too yeah so uh, we then get the, the coming soon, uh, uh, rundown of what's happening next week in which we find out John Moxley will be p on this show. So yeah, 98% sure that he won't be at Russell kingdom. Mm -hmm. And then we get our main event of the evening, executive vice presidents and your AEW world tag team champions, uh, Matt and Nick Jackson, the young bucks against the acclaimed. And we get more bad rapping from the acclaimed. <laughs> Yep, my name's the acclaimed, and I'm here to say I'll beat the young bucks. Not tomorrow, today. Yeah, it, it's just, yeah, it, it's not good. Uh, the match was well, it was a young bucks match. Yep. The ref bump sequence was one of the. I mean, I, I think most ref bump sequences are dumb. This was one of the dumbest I've seen in quite some time. I'm going to be real with you, Jeff. Uh, I, I started not being able to keep my eyes open during this match, so I don't really have much to say about it. Uh, I, you know what? Yeah, considering it was near midnight by then and how... <laughs> so your previous activities... Um, oh, yeah, I was a little yeah. toasty, man. Uh, that was, I was I was ready to, to get some shut-eye, get, get, get about 40 winks. Yeah, well, you, you'll be shocked to know that the Young Bucks won the match. No way. Yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, look, it, and I think the acclaim, despite the bad rap, I think they are a team to watch out for. Yeah, um, not like as good. Anthony Bowens, not like as they, good as Top Flight, but people have been talking about Anthony Bowens for like a while, and there's a reason that dude is really good. 
Um, so there's going to there. I think they're a team to watch out for. I think we'll probably I think eventually they'll find the spot for like what their characters are like right now, which is like straight heels. I don't think they've really found it yet. But to do this in a heel persona is what where I think they're going to end up finding their comfort zone. Um, did you know that WWE had control of Anthony Bowens and forgot to sign him? No, I had no idea. So, okay. He, he did extra work on NXT. He was getting he was in a squash match with the authors of pain. Uh, AOP powerbombed him so hard he got a concussion. And then they just shelved him and apparently forgot to sign him. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp was doing a story on him, reached out to some people at the Performance Center. And their only explanation was, well, yeah, he was supposed to be here. We were supposed to sign him. I have no idea why we didn't. Well, so they just like forgot to sign Bowens and now he's an AEW. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, well, there you have it. So, yeah, I think having them, you know, drop a tag match a little this early on in their run, like for the title, they probably with such a deep tag division, we probably could have kept this from being a title match for a while. I think the Young Bucks should wrestle less, to be honest. I think all the champions should wrestle less, except for the opposite with Darby. I think Darby should be like the TNT title gets defended every week or two weeks or three weeks and the tag team and the main title only get defended like every couple of months. I think that's the way to do it. Well, regardless, young bucks win. Yippee. We we go off the air. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry effing Christmas. Happy Festivus. I know Hanukkah wrapped up recently. Happy Hanukkah. If you had a happy Hanukkah, I hope, wait, is Hanukkah over yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been the it's been eight days, so yeah. I don't know what fucking day it is anyway. I thought you know I, I just count by how many crazy nights I have. Um, yeah, Festivus was was uh, was yesterday. Uh, Kwanzaa coming up on Saturday. Happy Merlin Peen to all you Thirty Rock fans. I don't know that one. <laughs> I, watching, I didn't watch. I've been watching a lot of Thirty Rock. Lately. Have you? Oh, good. Yeah, I've been on the rewatch. It's it's so good, man. Thirty Rock was great. <laughs> Yeah, this show did not connect with me. It really it, it wasn't a great show. I, I don't think it was their strongest effort. You know what? I'll tell you what the what I thought stood out as good to me. So people have been roasting WWE rightfully for a lot of really bad editing and direction and camera work lately. Um, and it is like astoundingly bad. Like Kevin Dunn is so bad at his job and all the people in the production truck are absolutely doing a dog shit job. And I think the cameramen too are like uh, not really doing great either. Um, I thought the show was well edited. Uh, for a pre-tape show. I thought like their, the, the edits were smooth. I thought that they got the right angles in as far as presenting the product visually. I thought the production team did very good, but narratively I thought this was not a good effort. Yeah. It, it really didn't pull off. Like I said, I was unaware of how badly uh, the first match was getting roasted by non wrestling Twitter. And it was, it was, Chris Jericho is, I'm sure big, big, big mad today because he, He's online. Chris Jericho reads a lot of the posts about him. He definitely sees what people are saying about him today. So I'm very interested to see how Chris Jericho will react because you know Chris Jericho will react publicly to this. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, you know what? You, yeah. NBA Twitter is, is uh, they are a force out there. Yeah. It's a di- Oh, now my dog's barking. Nice. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's time to wrap the, <laughs> our dogs are barking. Maybe it's time to wrap yep. this shit Call up. Call me Max Caster. I'm about to wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead and plug yourself, Paul. I'm so glad you asked. I have something really great I want to plug. I have something new I want to plug, Jeff. Uh, So uh, launching tomorrow on Christmas Day, I have a new podcast. What? Uh, You you better believe it. What? 
sweet ass. I have a new podcast. It is called Fake Fight Real Fight. It is a joint effort from me and uh, one of MMA Twitter's finest, the uh, the boy Harry Mack of the Bookie's Basement. Uh, Harry Mack and I, each week, will be delving into um, a wrestling um, event or match or product and pitting it head-to-head with a match or event or product from the world of combat sports. Uh, we are going to show the intersection of, of real fighting and fake fighting. We're going to compare, we're going to contrast, and we're going to conclude, I believe, that at the end of the day, it's all just here for our entertainment. And we're going to show people how these different things entertain people in different ways. Um, and we're going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, tomorrow, our intro, episode zero, We'll be launching. It's just a short uh, little intro episode. We would love if you'd give that a listen. It's kind of our little mission statement, kind of just a little intro of you know who Harry and I are and what we're you know uh, setting out to do um, with our first episode about um, uh, really some great subjects. Our first episode is uh, UFC one versus WrestleMania one. Uh, we delved into both of those events. That will be dropping on New Year's Day. Uh, you can uh, follow that on social media at FFRF, like Fake Fight, Real Fight Pod, much like this podcast has a Twitter handle there. So FFRF Pod for Fake Fight, Real Fight. Uh, follow us on there where we'll start to post our episodes. Uh, we will eventually be available on all major podcast platforms. Of course, we're still working that out. So please Follow FFRF Pod on Twitter for updates on that. Of course, you can follow this podcast, Boom Goes the Dynamite's Twitter, at BGTD Podcast. That is BGTD Podcast uh, for all updates related to the product you are listening to right now. And follow me on Twitter at ThickFlareTTV. All C's, no K's. That's ThickFlareTTV. And at Twitch on Twitch.tv slash ThickFlare. That's all I got. Uh, you can follow me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter. Uh, personal Twitter at GD Wessel, two S's, one L. Uh, over the weekend, I dro- we dropped uh, our last uh, Busting Balls episode of 2020, in which I uh, we, we run down my beloved Arsenal because they are uh, a trash fire right now. And uh, this coming, in the coming days, uh, Chris and I will be recording our Wrestle Kingdom 15 preview episode, which will also double up as our fifth anniversary of, of doing the strong style story and doing podcasting in general. So, um, so that'll be a a split episode because we, we don't like to do the, uh, we don't like to go over two hours on a single episode. Of course, we we thought we were going to get this one wrapped up, and we're hitting the hour mark here. <laughs> it is the popular? It is the opinion of this podcast that most podcasts are too long, including our own podcasts. So, with that in mind, uh, happy holidays, whatever it is you celebrate. Uh, please stay safe out there as you celebrate. Stay safe. Stay home. Uh, don't kill your grandparents because you want cookies. And uh, yeah, exactly. Um, Paul, happy holidays to you, my man. And to you, Jeff, uh, it's been a great ride, and we will see you right before 2021. That's right. We'll uh, we'll be here. Uh, we'll see you next week. So uh, enjoy the holiday. Take care. Bye.